Welcome back to the AEC Disruptors Podcast, your platform to help push the AEC industry forward. I'm your host, Christopher Dell, and joining me today is my special co-host, Jackson Sinsat. Welcome, Jackson. You know, that's the first time you've ever said special co-host. I mean, I must be doing things right. I only said special because you actually got to be a part of this episode. I was so, a real co-host. Yeah, you were real. <laughs> Not this like fake intro co-host, but a real co-host. Um, no, so the, um, this talk we had was with uh, David Smeagol, the VP of Construct Edge Technologies. And it was, uh, well, one... You know, I was I was glad to even be able to talk to him because they're located in Iowa. And I don't know if you noticed that tree behind him, but that tree had just been torn apart from this uh, those storms they were experiencing. And so uh, connectivity was, it was uh, ironic that we were having this talk about connectivity, yet here they were dealing with power outages and just issues in general in Iowa. But in, anyway, the, the talk really was focused on um, Construct Edge, and you probably can describe this better than me, and I'll probably let you do it. But they, uh, they offer a turnkey solution in terms of really bringing all connectivity to the job site. And uh, what we really talked about was the importance of that. You know, why is it important that we have instant connectivity on a job site? How does it impact collaboration? And even now in a time where we're having less and less people um, on site. We're trying to pull people away from the site. How does connectivity impact that? How more important is it that we can connect um, and share data when fewer of us may be on site? So uh, what would you think of the talk since you got to be a part of this one? You know, I thought it was a really good talk. Um, I, I like the fact that, um, you know, he was sitting outside so we can kind of get an idea of um, the damage from the storms. Um, the tree behind him was uh, pretty much half full, half empty when it came to the leaves. Um, but I really enjoyed it because, um, you know, from my time in the industry, I had to spend a lot of time in the field and um, I was never on a job site where there was on-site Wi-Fi. Even whenever I was um, on, I was on a couple data center jobs, we didn't even have it there. And, um, you know, it's not just Wi-Fi that they do, but they also do phone um, services or um, phone connectivity as well yeah. when it comes to making calls. And, you know, a lot of the times, especially if you're working in something like a tilt wall building, um, you're not gonna get any calls. And um, for them, that's a big help. Um, or the fact that they um, service that is a big help, especially for safety reasons, because, um, you know, anytime I was in a job site like that where I couldn't make calls, first of all, it was extremely inconvenient and um, really frustrating. But second of all, it's a big safety issue, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So um, not only which are I, they... I'll say, which I didn't even think about um, until you brought it up me not having that arc or that construction background, not being able to connect is I only thought of data sharing, not like actual safety. Right. And another thing is like with the emergence of uh, IPD as well as design build and design assist, um, which for us at my previous company, uh, we'd be basically doing design assist without <laughs> having the contract for it. Um, but um it's really important um, with, you know, revisions coming out almost daily for a lot of jobs and um, especially for the subcontractors who aren't 
just dealing with contract drawings. They're dealing with a bunch of other drawings as well. It's really important for them to have real-time connectivity. That way they're always working off the most current information. I mean, there were situations where I was in the field and we were about to pour concrete and an RFI came out that said, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. It was a high-rise hotel. And um, the designers forgot to uh, draw in a uh, boiler room for <laughs> the laundry. So we had to, um, you know, think quick and, you know, place sleeves and place drains um, in this new boiler room. Um, and that was a that, that day thing. And the difference between, um, you know, getting us, getting those sleeves in or not, especially with, you know, PT cable and all that kind of stuff. I know I'm really getting in the weeds here. Go right uh, ahead. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's coring that you have to do. Um, and if, you know, we didn't have on-site connectivity there, um, but we were just lucky that, um, you know, our, my, uh, our PM caught that uh, while we were out there. It was the 11th hour before the pour, and we were able to get the sleeve in, but um, it's important for reasons like that. Um, you know, there's revisions every day, last minute changes. Uh, no two days are the same on the construction job site, Chris. I know, you know, I, I got to sit in a nice warm office I got to work at like nine o'clock when all you guys started working at like six in the morning to pour concrete. And uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Actually, Chris, most concrete pours are at midnight. Yeah. See, see, I don't know. I know how to cure. That's about all I know. Um, <laughs> I know how to cure. All right. All right. You know, um, I, I really did enjoy this. And part of the reason for bringing you on was to, um, to bring your background to the conversation. And it was, uh, the stuff they're doing at Construct Edge is really cool. And, uh, and it obviously seems to be a, a big dire need in the industry. So hope you enjoy it and check back for more. Sure. Um, you know, my, my background, um, and it's, it's ironic, but it's not ironic, um, is, has been a combination of, um, technology, real estate construction. <laughs> and then before the that, I, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and just being, a, and I was a small businessman for, for, uh, small business for a while. So it was, um, it was something that, that came out of me being um, in when, when I was in college and after college, I was, uh, I played um, college tennis and then I played professional tennis for a while. And I was, I was a tennis instructor in Florida and in Australia and I traveled around quite a bit. And um, I got into to business for myself in that arena of um, athletics and nutrition and nothing to do with where I'm at today. And I started leaning in very quickly on technology. And I have to remember, I'm pretty old. So this is back in the nineties. Um, I'm in business for myself. I'm dealing with Windows 95 and 98 and mm -hmm. um, things going to high-speed internet. And so that was when I got involved in the technology side of things and really leveraging technology for, the, for any business. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a, 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 just more of a retail small business. But at that time, I was also invested heavily in real estate and I got into construction services. Um, and so I'd always had this uh, always leaning on technology to make things better, make things easier. It could be something as simple as um, in, in constructing uh, duplexes or condos, making sure I've got 
um, smoke detectors that are using wireless signals, RF. You know, back in the day, that was huge. No one's done that, and you had mm -hmm. to have. So it was always sort of leaning on that aspect of it, and and um, and over the years, I just always gravitated more and more to technology, which led me to um, CCR, Circle Computer Resources, which is the parent company um, that Construct Edge runs under, and I've been there for about ten years. Okay. And um, and that's managed services. It's technology managed services. So it's not the tech, it's the service that supports the technology to make sure the business is running mm -hmm. properly. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. one of the things that uh, CCR did was provide um, all infrastructure services around the country in Canada. And um, connectivity was a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, working with data centers, working with um, local ISPs. We, we were an ISP and moving to a national standard with some of the local exchange carriers um, uh, like AT&T and CenturyLink and, and making that a service that businesses would value. And we just kept coming up to construction companies. This is about seven, eight years ago. Uh, and they just kept demanding more and more bandwidth, which was strange. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I it was, it came from that world. I was a general contractor for a while, but more for uh, smaller campuses and smaller projects. So mm -hmm. I, would personally go and handle those opportunities and look at the service. And one of those ended up being a, a, um, for Turner, um, Turner Construction. They were building a, a data center uh, out in Des Moines. Okay. Too far from Ames. And, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why they needed 100 megs so badly, 100 megs bandwidth to, to this site, right? Where they couldn't get anything. There's no infrastructure, but it was near, near the interstate. And they were going to build this, they're building a data center. I'm just like, well, then just build it. <laughs> what do you need internet for like this and they were just looking at me i'm like i get you need some connectivity but why you need so we had to construct this wireless bridge going across multiple towers to get there and it was critical mm -hmm. and when i was on the job site i realized that they were just making real mini offices but they were bringing it outside of the trailers they were okay. having rfid that had to be scanned back and next thing you know people were going to have little mini offices in like a, a knack box or temporary box outside of the trailers um, and it was moving into the field so I was like okay well this is going to be rough <laughs> and they were like yeah it is can you help and long story short we just completed our term with that that job site not more than a month ago oh wow there for like six years and um, the first year of really figuring out how to make sure technology was being managed into the field Mm -hmm. um, was really our discovery phase and R and D phase. And, um, we, we learned a ton and we started to provide that for other companies. Um, and, and that's, that's literally how construct edge formed. It was a service inside of CCR and we started having construction companies come out of the woodwork. Uh, Hey, can you get us connected? And by the way, can you get it over there and can you get it over here and can you make it faster? <laughs> I'm like, you what's know, wrong with you guys? <laughs> It's, it's interesting because part of the reason, so like Jackson has upgraded from, you know, special guest to co-host. So I think we should commend him on, on that. <laughs> but the reason I brought Jackson in again, specifically this is because of his experience in construction in the field, because I remember when I first kind of heard or saw what you guys did and being able to really bring that instant connectivity to the job site as an architect, I'm like, that's cool. You know, I mean, okay, you know, I yep. get it. <laughs> But then like I, I shared that with Jackson and then Jackson's like, oh my gosh, had I had that, you know, where I was and he can tell his, his part too. 
So I, I, I found it interesting because it wasn't something that I, at least on the design side, really even thought about. I just assumed that you have access to what you need and we keep pushing these cloud products, but of course you have access. So the fact that it, there was this need, it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I never even knew it was, it was a need really, you know? Yeah. Right. And from my experience, so when I first started in construction on my internship, I worked for a general contractor and we were all paper plans in the field. Um, so on-site connectivity didn't really matter other than if we were at a tilt wall building and we couldn't get calls in. Mm -hmm. um, but once we started using other products, the cloud solutions um, that a lot of people use and, you know, there's a ton of them out there. It got to the point where, um, you know, we still didn't have on-site connectivity on any of the jobs that I was on. But a big thing for us was making sure that whenever our field team, you know, did have access to Wi-Fi, they would update their, um, you know, device. And one of the programs we used actually came out with an update that basically um, told us, you know, when was the last time uh, your foreman updated their iPad. And one of them hadn't updated it in two months. So there were a lot of highly technical four-letter construction words that were thrown out at him. And, <laughs> you know, to think, information. Uh -huh, and to think if we would have just had that, um, that connectivity, that would have never been an issue. And, you know, one of the reasons why I think it's so cool what Construct Edge is doing is with the emergence of IPD, design build, design assist, there are more revisions coming out and um, revisions are almost coming out daily. Um, if it's not the contract drawings, it's your shop drawings and your spools. Um, so that's kind of one of the reasons why when I first saw y'all, I thought, you know, if we would have just had this, we would have <laughs> saved so much on rework. And um, another thing is, um, and this was always a concern for me on the job site, especially when we were on job sites that were heavy in tilt wall. Um, you know, we wouldn't be able to get phone calls out. And that's a major concern when it comes to job site safety. Yeah, it absolutely is. You, you know, David, that, I'm in, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say that there's a, um, you talk about revisions and the nature of construction and you know that doesn't even get into when you start bringing the trades in in terms of like collisions and things that you make one change and that that effect that ripple effect uh is just huge in terms of not only just what construction may not work the same but the un how that basically breaks apart the project organization all the way across every different company on that job site it yep. is because then it becomes a complete um, we have to resync all parties and it takes two to three days just to fix the one problem. Right. Exactly. And as a former mechanical contractor, I feel that especially when it comes <laughs> to sloped pipe, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm curious and it kind of ties into really what you guys are tackling. Uh, David, you know, I was doing some research and I came across the fact that the, the industry in general, well, you know, AEC, but specifically construction, I see all this technology coming out, but it compared to other industries, we're an incredible laggard to adopting technology. And you keep hearing about our productivity hasn't fully increased with all of these tools. So now how do you, knowing that we still struggle with a lot of us struggle with that uh, uh, adoption of technology, you know, 
what are we doing from the connectivity side? You know, what is the value proposition that we're having to push on to help push that, that part of the industry forward? Yeah, it's a great question. It's like at the, it's at the forefront of every conversation I have with every field, every job site and every corporate general contractor. Um, I think that hits the nail on the head and there's just even, there's even been groups that have emerged like uh, construction dorks, which is a lot of friends of mine and yep. people I've worked with. Right. And we're part of that group, but it's even, it's so basic. It's not even to the field yet. Just this group that's like, okay, we are technology, te construction technology dorks. <laughs> yeah. Evangel they are evangelists, but they are so geeked out about it. Right. Yep. They and love it. They love it, right? Because it, it is a thing and they're just trying to get people to buy in and believe, but believe to a point where they're willing to take action and view not just physical technology like a router or an access point, but like any version of technology that will increase the ability to drive efficiencies from day one, from prefab to the, getting into the field, right? And so I really appreciate that. But on the flip side, um, let's talk about the field where we typically we're getting into some prefab stuff, but it's, mm -hmm. it's really about how do you get all these, these parties on the field to work together seamlessly. And the bottom line is they don't think technology is a part of construction. It's no different than a, than a material. Oh so what goodness. I explained to them is the bumper stickers respect the tech. Mm -hmm. It's no different than steel. If you pour a pad of concrete and you put no steel in it, What's going to happen to it? And you don't do any cuts and you don't do any, the, the basic, there's technology even in the, in the concrete. They just already adopted it and brought, made it a part of it. Yep. You putting up steel beams and you running uh, mechanicals, like there's all kinds of technology, whether it's a pipe fitter from 50 years ago, who knows how to do it or not. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is there, the technology was adopted. It just, there's been a misconception of what tech is. It's those guys with the glasses and the, they're out yep. there. They don't want to get their, their boots muddy. They don't even want to wear boots. And so there, 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 there's this, this misconception of what we're telling them on almost every day, I repeat myself, you need to think about this as a, build, as a part of the building model, mm -hmm. period. So in other words, if it was in BIM and you applied a construct edge instance or a technology instance like a physical on how that impact would impact the flow and the timeline, it would be a dramatic difference. You would see a real world difference on time, speed, and um, uh, ability to flex, which we mentioned earlier, right? Yep. That is one of the primary things in the, it's not the tech, it's the management of the tech. So when, we, when I talk to people like, yeah, so what's the latest and greatest stuff? I'm like, well, I almost don't care. I mean, there's all kinds of, where we have an R&D division that is pumping out all kinds of new ways to deliver services that could be mm -hmm. managed but the key is managing it. So I just got off a call, not more than 30, so in the last hour and a half, two companies, one building a massive data center, one trying to get solar in eight to 20 square acres, <laughs> way out in the middle of nowhere, yep. right? Same conversation. They really need to be more productive and not have to walk around and they've got safety issues on making phone calls, which we just heard. Mm -hmm. They really need to make sure that they do this, but but they're like, but we keep kicking it down the road and the PM and the corporate IT person aren't seeing eye to eye. Yeah. And neither one of them are viewing it as a modeling thing. 
right? So the standards aren't set. So where construct edges come in is trying to fit in and provide the model on how we'll support it and implement it and manage it in light of the field team. But mm -hmm. we do it as an extension of the IT group. Yep. You know, so, I look at it as you, in a way you all are setting like the foundation for a successful, um, really for successful project because we, I, I just did one of these the other day and we were really talking about data and collecting data and visualizing it. And what we talked about is there's a million tools out there and they all have good things and bad things, but if, and we love to throw technology at a problem, but if we end up with this incredibly disconjointed effort without having a solid foundation as to what you're speaking about, that kind of helps connect all the things and keep them connected. We, yeah, we have a great piece of technology, but it's just created another silo. And so that's what I appreciated yeah. about some of the stuff that construct edge is looking to do is at least in my, my view is not only are we bringing that connectivity, but that management and that oversight so that we have a more like holistic solution. So we actually do get the, the, return on investment for the other tools that we have already invested in. ROI, man. You hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> How many uh, partial software implementations have we seen? Right. I mean, just, not even in construction, just across the board in a controlled environment. Yep. I, I mean, most people probably use, I don't know, what is it? 50, 45% of an application. Cause it's like, it does this really well, but I need something else to do this. And, and maybe that's okay. I mean, you know, I mentioned in my last talk, and I'd be curious to actually get both of your thoughts on this, that, um, you know, again, I, you know, I said, hey, we're, we're slow to adopt in construction, but with the current pandemic, a lot of us, a lot of the construction was forced offsite. And now they had to kind of figure out one, how to access their data, how to connect to the site, but it kind of forced them in a world that they're now realizing, oh, this can work. And what this article talked about was the future of construction is in platform technology. We have all of these different parts and pieces out there, but being able to integrate them into a platform that we can see in one holistic, you know, dashboard or solution is the future. So I'm curious really for both of you. So I'd start with David is, you know, what is your thought on that idea of like platform technology is the future of construction and how does construct edge play into that? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree across the board. You're looking at how things are managed and what, coronavirus did is just <laughs> it gave technology a kick in the pants in the construction world for sure it did across you know the world in general but um you take a look at reduced workers no more paper touching and even in even if this doesn't last forever whatever the the longevity looks like the people that were sitting riding on the fence and saying you know we're just going to cache data for a while you know, we're, we can, it's not worth all this headache to do more, uh, bring on a platform that we have to integrate. We'll just deal with spreadsheets. I don't care if they're up to date, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and it, it, there was some, you know, ROI. You take a look at the cost and you get everybody to buy in on this disjointed um, thought process on technology. It kind of made sense. Not anymore. Now it's completely changed. Um, and so as a platform goes, one of our biggest investments um, in Constructage has been our platform to make management of technology easier. And um, uh, we call it, it's our Managed 360 platform. Mm -hmm. So it gives a full view of everything so that you don't have to worry about emails. Do, do people in the field like to email? No, absolutely not. 
No, I, architecture, like I, I send email. I don't like, honestly, I don't like to talk to people. I'd rather email and then I go do other things. So, but you can't do a podcast through email. So yeah, I, have yeah, to. I don't know. Maybe you kind of would sound like Stephen Hawking voice if we did it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It could just read out my question. <laughs> it could. And we'd have to change the, the intonation. But I think the, uh, uh, the reality is we are running into that and, and um, we are heavy in, finishing our first version and we, we we have a 360 platform that's launched that we actually um is, is our primary point of data between our clients and our clients we have multiple clients within one one, one company or one one job site we've got the corporate it we've got corporate corporate and then you've got the field team and then there's even an owner's platform so mm-hmm. we've got different persona views of our platform doing the same thing and then you look at the technology itself, because I'm from corporate IT, they want to they see, well, what's the IP address? What's the ping time loss? What are, what's the details on getting the technology out there? Or, and our platform right now is an, an, a perfect um, transparent view of what we do daily inside of our, our network operations center. Mm-hmm. We actually will even hold it. We hold it, uh, inventory for IT groups so they can see what's in stock. They don't even have to provision it. They just say, load this job site up, please, by this date. And if there's delays we've got temp solutions ready and their inventory is in our stock and we just ship it out wow. that takes a lot of management mm-hmm. but when you go into um the, the platform is what makes that visible and, and that reduces 30 to 40 percent of emails and not needed communication but that's just the tip of the iceberg when you look at a job site that not only has um communication from corporate it to um the the senior project manager to um, a field engineer or all the different layers of uh, you may have in a job site with just one company. Yep. Absolutely. On a larger campus, you got how many companies that have all the same structures they are all trying to communicate. So if there's um, the, the platform could actually change the face of how construction works, not just one platform to rule at all, but just in general, mm-hmm. a, a, a platform that can make it simple to collect the data and API integrate with other companies. Yep. Absolutely. So, so I agree, and we're on. The, that is one of our primary focuses. Um, Jackson, I'm curious because you deal with a lot of customers, a lot of um, folks in construction, as well as a lot of platforms. I'm I'm curious as to you know your thoughts on how how does solutions like you know bringing connectivity to the field, uh, how does that really helping with that level of collaboration um, and sort of set the stage a little bit for you know given your experience in some of these other platforms, what is looking at a solution like a, a construct edge or, the, you know, this management of, of this uh, information? Um, how, how do you see that helping a lot of the others out there? So in, in my experience in construction, um, no two days on the job site are ever the same. And um, one of the hardest, hardest things about technology in the field um, and the job site trailer is adoption, um, especially with the field team, because um, in construction, you know, there's an aging workforce. Uh, more people are retiring than coming in. Um, and the few people who are coming in, they do have experience with technology, but, um, you know, they're getting pushed into old workflows. Um, so one of the biggest challenges is definitely that field buy-in. So how do you get them to buy in to whatever solution you have? 
And number one is ease of use. And number two is making sure that they know that having that um, solution, having that technology, as well as that connectivity is going to allow them to, um, it's going to make their job easier. Because at the end of the day, their job isn't to tinker with technology or, um, you know, play with connectivity. It's to install work. And that's where um, the, the value comes in. Um, as far as a platform, um, so whenever, you know, project managers, superintendents log in in the morning, they want to be able to see a very clear and concise snapshot of what's going on that day. What are um, the biggest issues that we have? What are the hottest RFIs? And being able to see that in a snapshot is really important. And um, for Manage360, um, that's kind of something that me as a former office person really likes because it's a really quick snapshot of, you know, how the connectivity is doing on the job site you know, did the concrete people knock over one of our um, routers, that kind of stuff, um, so, <laughs> which I'm sure that's a big problem. And I'm going to ask you about that later, um, yeah, the yeah. issues that you have in the field. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would be curious, actually. I mean, that's a good lead in because, you know, there's, we've talked about, we're bringing this connectivity to the field and we're making it easier to access the information and you're making it a lot easier for really someone that is not used to dealing with that type of stuff to be able to easily see it. So visualization is super critical and accessibility is equally as critical. I'm sure there are pitfalls and challenges. Um, what are some of those you're facing and how are, how are you overcoming them and how can we continue to overcome, you know, the naysayers and, and those that, you know, the difficulties we're seeing? Yeah, our, our, I think if I start with like our product suite, um, really at the end of the day, is, is, is designed to help support the field, right? So our product suite is what we call last mile services, which is get internet to the site, mm -hmm. source it, right? find it, get it quoted, get it installed, get it there, find temp solutions if you can't get it there. That's all critical, right? And then we actually go into our trailer connectivity suite, which is getting inside the trailer, all the trailers set up, get their technology inside connected, get everybody functioning as quickly as possible so they're productive so they don't already fall behind. Yep. But all of that is what keys up all the work to get done in the field because they have to walk back to the trailer or the trailer, they're trying to figure out that mix of, well, where do I update and how do I do it, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the challenges of extending the network, which is field connectivity, is real simple. We take all of that uh, infrastructure that's to the job site, but at the trailer area, those remote office, branch offices, and we get it extended out to the field. It could be, typically, it's a wireless design, but it could be fiber. It could be whatever. I mean, we've got private LTE, so it's just an LTE signal that runs through internet. Mm -hmm. We have all kinds of technology to do it, right? But the reality is somebody's got to be out there managing the um, the physical and the um, like our physical devices. And then there's just the electric power being supporting it and, um, and the, the, the change environment. So the change environment typically is an IT person's worst nightmare. You walk into your office right now and you go in and you bring in another access point and you plug it in and watch who running out of the you know, rogue device in the network and yep. whatever they're set, right? 
in the construction field changes life in IT. So that's why most IT groups don't like it. And our knock is designed around not having standard um, that you can just sit and watch. It's mm -hmm. always going to be changing. So you expect the power is going to go out. You expect these things not to happen and phases get handed over to owners, right? So that's, that's where we start. So that makes it easier when the roofers take down all the equipment because, and throw it in a corner and put a tarp over it and they throw bricks on it and wood and whatever else. Right. And there's tar you have a crazy storm like you guys just had. <laughs> yep. So dishes fly down and everything. So like, the, but the, the simplest thing is just how do you communicate to everyone that not to touch that equipment and leave it alone? Right. And so the challenges are that people will move things and people will take things and power goes down. So the way we've, we've um, we assess each field and design it in a way that will flow with the proposed construction phases. So we, and that's the, really the only way to approach. That's why I come back to construction is just a part of, of uh, technology is just a part of the construction timeline. Mm -hmm. really period. Is. So if we set that's something up if you're receiving a connection that is on top of the building that's being skinned right and they need to change it so we've built in ways around that or the floors have to change from um, just the infrastructure or just the bagels to where they're putting in drywall or whatever that nature nature of the construction is mm -hmm. it's designed to handle that and so our team is always doing what we call MACDs move add change decommissions so it's the methodology in which you approach it. We approach a rugged environment and we make sure that we're prepared to, to um, adjust it and our pricing structure is set up for that as well versus throw a whole bunch of stuff in there. And if you touch it, it breaks and it's a giant mess, right? And you can't control that. So from the, out, from the, from the, from the very beginning, we approach it and it's something that's gonna change. And our staff is designed uh, and our platform is designed to show that and make sure that we can pivot quickly. The AEC Disruptors podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and champion innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. So I saw on your website um, the word turnkey, which is almost as big of a buzzword as innovation. So what does turnkey mean at Construct Edge? See, that's why Jackson's here. I wouldn't have asked that question. Yeah, no, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a great question. So, um, I'll it, it, uh, uh, there's a large data center project that I have a the, the the field team this morning say, you guys do turnkey, right? So I'll tell you what my answer is. I'm like, absolutely. Tell me what you think turnkey is, because I'm not talking to a to a, a technology department. I'm talking to the field team, right? And so. Um, turnkey getting the field, getting technology in the dirt installed means that they, are, it's almost white glove service. They don't want to have to do almost anything other than make sure that you're on the list. You go through safety orientation and you have your PPE and you, you're, 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 you've got the compliance set up. And when you're done, it's working. 
That's generally what most people think. But the reality is job sites don't work that way because most stuff isn't ready. And it's, it's more of a hybrid of how we get phase one installed in phase two. And a lot of the time when um, we work with the, um, the owner pays for everything at the end of the day, right? One way or so another. I don't, care. <laughs> I don't care who bills who, right? So a lot of it comes down to feasibility. So in one sense, turnkey can be, this is great. You guys do all aspects of cabling and power and everything. Make sure everything is designed and set up the right way. And you're going to come in and physically do it. You'll man a lift or you'll get someone to man a lift and you, you're OSHA compliant and you follow the job site rules and regulations. But on some job sites, they're like, no, we don't want anything to do with low voltage cabling goes here. Anything to do with this power goes here. Anything to do with this, all lifts have to be over here because of the, uh, the insurance requirements. So turnkey means we have to conform to the needs of the job site, but it is to have their team do as little as possible to install and manage the technology per the requirements of the job site. So if they, they do nothing, that's, that is a, um, they, they don't have to do any of the, of the field work. That is probably one of the best case scenarios for the ROI, but it is going to cost more upfront. So that, that's, that's my, um, if you talk about the, that's the field team. You want to look at the technical team about setting up trailers where that's typically IT groups. A lot of those guys are like, we want to tell you where the trailer is going to be dropped, the lat long of it, and when it's going to get there. And then we just want it set up as soon as possible. Let us know when it's done and then give us an email that gives us all the data that it's up and running and the technology is installed. So there's two versions of it right there. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned, you know, at the end of the day, the owner pays for everything. And that's, that's very true. Um, so I was wondering, um, we're on our side, me and Christopher's side, we're starting to see an increase in um, owners requiring in the contract that the GC uses some kind of specific technology solution. Are you starting to see an increase in owners requiring on-site Wi-Fi um, for the reasons of you know reduced cost? And uh, to me, it, another big thing is definitely an increase in safety. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, we actually have some conversations with owners, um, and GCs at the same time now where they're saying, you know, um, in this situation, the owners, you know, we come in and propose talk to the owner about what we can do across the board and you work with different GCs a little bit differently, but here's the general scope. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, the, the, the safety, um, especially when you're talking about more infrastructure construction companies that are out there and cell signal is not good and there's a safety concern and and even satellite phones don't work that well and you know there's just issues it, it it has become something where there is not even an option they won't even let the construction continue unless you have a certain type of insurance and now insurance is starting to mandate that you've got the ability to uh, provide safety which usually includes a technology mandate so yeah, it's, it's ramping up and that's where a lot of, um, we've seen our field connectivity product is really, um, we've had way more requests in the last three months than we've had, you know, in the last nine, nine months to a year, you know. Have any of your installs um, been permanent and that goes for either intentionally or unintentionally because they covered your stuff up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
one of the one of the early jobs we did um, where we were uh, it was a large campus project and one of the phases um, there was just such a lack of knowledge of technology that and or I think they just didn't care. What are these that, blinking lights over here? <laughs> yeah, there's you know one of the ways to avoid um, technology collisions. You know whether it's 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 uh, it's signals, it's digital, or it's the physical was to place it in between large rafters, or up high enough, or in between beams, and then not knowing what the plans were, and not knowing um, they all were now are now a part of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I, I believe that they they cut the power to them. I believe they're still but connected a, somewhere. <laughs> there, there's a possibility, but you know, it 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 was one of those things that uh, our learning curve was really more about learning how um, the different subcontractors would communicate to the GC and the plans they would read. And now technology is becoming more of a of a, of a primary thing. So um, the we do have plenty of situations where if we find, um, if we are providing connectivity, the, tra the, the owner wants it to just transfer to them. So if we're doing something that's more remote and we're doing wireless uh, bridges, we're trying to get something from a local, um, let's say there's a splice point or there's a, an ISP that can't get to where they're at, but they've got within um, 10 miles, they have um, pretty strong bandwidth. We can connect to that and we can build an actual little wireless bridge that is on many towers that can connect, right? Um, or we'll work with third parties to do that. And a lot of times that goes to a place where the owner will keep that afterwards. Um, and then more recently, to your point, um, one of our, our newer technologies is a facial object recognition um, AI that can feed off of any, 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 um, any, any video feed. And the cameras we use are, we had a couple of companies we partner with, but they're wanting that on the job site because right now it does, uh, we do some social distance measuring and it can do some alerting, but they want that to stay in the building. Mm -hmm. And more and more they're wanting, well, can you just keep the access points there too? <laughs> are you guys using that for safety also? Like being able to quickly monitor if somebody's where they shouldn't be or anything like that? Yeah, we're, we're still, this is more of a discovery to alpha stage. So we're, okay. we're, we're testing this with, with clients right now, but like some of these that are building something they're keeping or they want to hand off the owner that really want this, which is more mm -hmm. and more, almost every month there's more and more. That is, that's, that's the, the infrastructure we're providing is something that can tr easily transition to a permanent fixture. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen examples of like using image recognition or machine learning and image recognition to be able to identify if you know somebody's on a ladder without a harness or somebody is in a ditch that's too tall for osha or you know whatever and so Absolutely. it seems like it's growing in popularity because of how you know how much money is in the safety aspect of construction you know it even comes down to just recognizing who's showing up at the security gate mm -hmm. and are they qualified and do they have ppe and they have the right mask and then are they and then when they go onto the job site you have less people so you don't have you can't monitor as much so you have to have things that monitor and so whether it is a piece of technology in a hard hat on a vest or it's just recognizing through cameras mm -hmm. if that that person that id number is in the wrong zone right and you can mm -hmm. and that can alert and that's there's just so much you can do with the platform i come back to the platform yep um when you've got a platform that can have these technologies flow through, 
then that data, housing data and API integration to different um, uh, software companies that are providing that value, whatever mm -hmm. that is, right? Um, now you're really seeing that come into full, it's full circle. It's like, okay, monitors in multiple places and there's alerting going through SMS or whatever it is to either something that is a, a talk radio through their vest yep. as the network can support that or whatever that is. And so that convergence of technology and platforms happening really quick. You, uh, you sort of set the stage for kind of this last thing I was curious about as we kind of wrap up, I, uh, you know, you mentioned less people on site and obviously that is because of the, our current situation. Do you see, like, if you were having to kind of predict what the next, what the future looks like and how your corporation kind of falls into that, do you see a world in which we maintain this idea of fewer and fewer people on site? And if so, um, you know, do you think that just gives a bigger rise to solutions like yourself? Or do you see us starting to integrate back into once things get to whatever that normal may be, um, going back as business as usual? Uh, well, it's kind of a loaded I, question, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot that I don't, don't understand or know about the different types of construction. Yeah. What I can tell you is you have to kind of start with, um, the nature of the field and the nature mm -hmm. of the construction that's happening. And, um, certain construction types or, or projects really make it a lot easier to have less people because I can, now this I do know because I've been on enough job sites and I've just, the nature, uh, I've been on enough uh, job sites where I've been in charge of, uh, we can easily cover up um, a project's timeline with bodies. In other words, you can try to like, okay, well, how are we going to do this phase? Well, it's going to be X, you know, X amount of people here and, Right. And you just load in there, but the reality is the skill sets dropped. Yep. Right. And you just don't have as many people swinging hammers at a young age. And, and, uh, you know, um, so I think there without a doubt, there is, it, we are not going to go back to the way it was now. Some types of construction will, will to a certain degree, but the technology has now moved off the fence yep. into the field. And I believe now there's no going back. Um, and it's going to be more about the, the things I heard earlier is more about the ROI, a real mm -hmm. ROI. What do you really need? Um, not, not like this is really cool and it's going to be cool to have the robot dog out there doing stuff. But like, is that really helping? Do you really need to have access points all over the job site? Do you really need to have like, like just the simplest thing? Well, what do we really need? Well, people need to have, make calls. They got to make sure they know where they're going and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So devices that provide real time data flow and communication are still the primary thing. Yep. And to do that, you're going to, that can actually lower the amount of people to accomplish a task. So I think just by the nature outside of COVID, which is no more paper, right? Yep. Uh, the, the reality is, and this goes for almost any business, um, a virtual, um, like a, a software uh, bot that can run a task is replacing a person that would do that or an admin person. Yep. Same thing in the, in the job site. That is definitely going to, is happening is going to continue um, as, and you don't have the skilled workers to fill it in. You can't cover up the task at hand with bodies. It's going to have to be with like much better proactive planning and thinking where mm -hmm. technology is a part of the plan. Absolutely. Man, I've, uh, I really appreciate you joining us, um, David. 
And like I said, thanks for reaching out because you're, what you guys have been doing, it really, it already was a great solution. And now it's in the, in the new world for however long this is. It just shows how much more important it is to really be able to have that connectivity and to be thinking through that level of management at the, at the forefront so that we can kind of, you know, push it through. Yeah. But, uh, it's been good, man. Yeah. I appreciate um, you having me on and uh, you know, this is the, this has become a passion. Just like you said, we said earlier, like there's a lot of groups out there that have, are passionate about how we can transform this industry. And that's really, you know, a part of our mission vision is to just, you know, um, help lead this, this mm -hmm. push to making technology work to provide the, the productivity of these jobs that these, these general contractors and subcontractors make their make them profitable, make them scalable, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I can talk about this stuff all day. Thanks for listening to the AEC Disruptors podcast. Enjoyed this episode? Leave us a rating or review while sharing with your friends and coworkers. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a LinkedIn request or follow our LinkedIn page and let me know if there's a topic you'd like to hear. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. The AEC Disruptors is directed by Christopher Riddell, produced by Todd Wyant, edited by Eric Daniel, and co-hosted by Jackson Sensat. The AEC Disruptors is an applied software production, copyright applied software 2020.